Sam, Michelle. Ah, so, David. Yeah, you're all right? Yeah, Good. hi. Look, I'm um, here. I had a plan for this episode. I had a really great plan, and it all came about an article about this Peruvian jewellery designer who turned out to be a KGB illegal. But you know what? Russia has quite literally exploded in the last just week. I know. Of course, Gorbachev passed away. God rest his soul. Yes. Um, I also found it. We will do an episode about this down the track. How the KGB really felt about Glasnost Perestroika. Yep, okay. I can hear you all out there just like going, oh my God, that's I know, exactly like what it was. literally my eyes glazed over. So what? <laughs> well, literally in Russia at the moment, it's raining men. It's literally raining men. Because people are falling out of windows crazily. Well, and this is interesting because what we're going to get into is it kind of comes off the back of, you know, what we spoke about last step, where yeah. someone got blown up. Yes. Right. So let's get into what the hell is going on in Russian intelligence right now. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. You're listening to I Spy, the rapid elevator ride of Australian intelligence. Going down. No. no. Ah! Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And this app, look, we're throwing the rule books out the window. Yeah. We just literally saw this at the very last minute we and did. said we need to speak about this because it's literally raining men. It's raining men. Now, interestingly enough, this has been happening quite a lot lately. Yes. And Gee, you know, the amounts of manic depression going on in the so fossil fuel industry. So many people suiciding. Mate, now Russia actually has a very high rate of suicide for men. Of course. Exceptionally high rate of suicide. But you know what? But if you're an oligarch. Yeah, funnily enough, yeah. you're really in the frame. And you know what? You're so depressed, you don't just want to go on your own. You want to take your family with you. I know. And that's really interesting because we'll get into the details yep. shortly. But it, what I found really fascinating is there's a lot of murder-suicides. A lot of murder-suicides over there. Of young families yep. and like pregnant wives. And you're just like, mm, I don't know if there's that many. A lot of really unhappy billionaires. Hanging around Moscow. Yes, and like, you know, when we get into the details, one was with an axe and I'm like, mm. <laughs> Now, that was a detail I didn't get, but, you know, okay. I, I do well, understand. We can talk about it in a minute, There's... but why don't we talk about the first one? Right, the first one, yep. Ravel Maganov. Oh, yeah, the listeners will have to excuse, well, my Russian yes. here because there's a lot There's a lot of names that there's I'm going to l- find really hard to pronounce. So, Ravel Maganov, who was the longest serving executive at Russia's lar- second largest oil producer yes. called Luke Oil. Hello, my name is Luke Oil. Um, (laughs) Sounds like a villain. Right, so anyway, he passed away following a severe illness is what's been coming out of Russia. Right, but they didn't say how he died after that severe illness. Well, it was that very sudden stop at the end of the severe illness that killed him. He was on the sixth floor of a Moscow hospital, which was actually dedicated to psychological Mm. health and depression. And some accounts are he leapt out the window. Another account was he climbed out the window to have a cigarette. Yes, they found a packet of cigarettes out on the window ledge. But the interesting thing, and this becomes the late motif of all of these things, there was no note. Yes. But also, why would you be in hospital to get better if you want to end it there? Well, that's the interesting thing. He actually had a heart problem. Well, he supposedly had a heart problem. Supposedly. Hey, someone put him in a hospital and came yep. up with an excuse, I think is what really killed him. Now, the death is definitely being treated as suicide, but people who knew him, not just his family, which thankfully survived, but also a lot of the people in his company have said there's no way this guy would commit suicide. Mm. He's not a manic depressive. The other interesting thing about him, though, is 
you know, you're going to find this strange. Why would this be a part of it? But he did come out against the war in Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, mm, you know. Interesting. Was very careful not to mention Putin by name, but said, I do not think this is a good idea. I think we should stop. And then suddenly he's got a heart problem in a hospital and he just takes up flying without wings. Yep. Right? Yes. And, you know, Russia has a big history of people falling out of windows. Defenestration is the technical term. <laughs> yes. Right. Throwing a person, and we've spoken about this before. Yes. Execution by throwing someone off a high building. That yeah. is called defenestration. And I now, love that there's a name for it. There is, man. You know, it, it was actually really popular back in ancient Baghdad, I believe. Or, <laughs> it seems know, like something that they would like. Or Babylon. Right. They built that big tower in there and then started throwing people off it. Right. So the Particularly thing is, the gays. They uh, love throwing the gays off things. It's like throwing anyone they don't like off, yeah. let's be perfectly honest. Now, the interesting thing about this is he is not the first. Mm. There was another oil executive who was found dead, hung himself in Spain after killing his family. Yes. So this is the guy. He's a Russian oligarch. Do and... you want to say his name? <laughs> I'll say it then. Sergei Protosenya. 55. Now, he's... <laughs> He was 55. Now, he's suspected, he's accused of killing his wife and daughter and himself. Mm-hmm. But his son, who wasn't, so they were holidaying in Spain. His That's son right. was stayed back in Bordeaux in France. What a horrible life. Yes, and couldn't get hold of them, called the police. The police came upon this scene. Now, it's the method in how they died. Wife and daughter stabbed? No. Oh, no. This guy got stabbed in my report. No, beaten to death with an axe. Which is kind of, it's like a, a wacky stab. <laughs> but an axe is a brutal way. It's a terrible way to die. And we're talking about, so a 13-year-old girl yep. and wife yep. were beaten to death with an axe and then he hung himself. Yeah. Now, I would suspect, well, from everything I know as a journalist, when I've reported on incidents of violence, spousal violence. Yeah, Murder-suicide. Murder-suicide. Yep. It's rare that it's something like this. Well, the other interesting thing is, there were no fingerprints on the murder weapon as well. Mm. That's also come out of the uh, the police report. Yes, it was definitely a suicide, a murder-suicide, but there's no yes. fingerprints. Now, it's not often that if you're going to kill your own family and then hang yourself, that you're going to take the time to clean the murder weapon. And look, to be perfectly frank, it really, really does sound like the last thing this guy saw yes. was his family being killed Which in front of him. Which is incredibly disturbing. Yeah. But there is, in crimes of this nature, when you are murdered in this way, it usually denotes a crime of hatred and passion yep. and and usually that doesn't happen with families. Well, it, uh, I mean, the interesting thing about this is it doesn't happen with this kind of family. No. I mean, if this guy really was as wealthy as he you know, is made out, which he is, he was an oligarch. He was yeah. in, like, uh, what was he? He was the vice president of Gazprom Bank. Oh, no, one of the big energy companies. Yep. Right. So the whole thing was he murdered his family for no apparent reason. Mm. And then hung himself. But left the son. But left the son. Well, he was in Bordeaux. Yes. And it's a bit difficult to like, you have to kill the family, go to Bordeaux, kill the son, go back to Spain and then hang himself. Yep. Right. Very complicated. Now, the other one was Vladislav Aveyev. Yes. Vladislav Aveyev, who was the vice president of Gazprom Bank, who was found dead with his wife and daughter in their Moscow flat. Now, his wife was pregnant. Oh, well, handy that. So, pregnant wife, Yelena, 47, their yep. daughter, Maria, 13. Yeah. And again... I believe they have a son. Probably. Now, here's the thing. Found, police have said, definitely murder-suicide. 
absolutely no motive for this murder-suicide. No. Right. So here we have all of these bodies being found. Yes. And so many. And interestingly enough, the Spanish one was very interesting because Spain just turned around and went, yeah, yeah, murder-suicide, let's get out of here. All the other ones have been happening in Russia. Right. Right, in Moscow. And this is the thing that's getting really, really worrisome. for you. If you're a an outspoken oligarch, this is getting really, 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 really bad. Yes. My favourite, though, was Luke Oil tycoon Alexander Subotin, who died of a heart failure. Oh, yes, after visiting a shaman? <laughs> uh, yes, who practised esoteric medicine with toad venom, cockerel blood, and the help of spirits. Right. And when I don't believe we're talking about vodka. I think we're talking about voices from the other side. Yes. Right. Toad venom is a neurotoxin, so it could quite happily mimic a heart attack. So this guy has been pumped full of neurotoxin and died. And is like, well, gee, bah, heart attack. Shouldn't have seen that shaman. It's beginning to smell a lot like assassination. I mean, and then you tie that up in a neat little bow with this recent one with a man for suiciding out of a hospital window. And it seems to me like we have a pattern. We're beginning to get a really big <laughs> pattern here. And what's really scary about this pattern is it's not just these outspoken billionaires mm. that are like going, look, you know, we can't sell our gas to Europe at the moment. Can you just chill the fuck out so we can get yeah. on with our business? Right. And it, I would likely say it is a direct line from Vlad going, oh, you don't like it? Good. Then you can leave. Literally, this corporeal plane for the rest of your life. Um, but it's there's a particular nastiness about not just taking out the tycoon, but taking out the family. Which makes it a warning. Yes, that it right. automatically becomes this. It's it's a cycle of viciousness, and oh, it's terrible. I mean, if if it was a case of right, you've pissed me off, I'm going to kill you. Mm. Then that's it. It's done. But when it's you've pissed me off, I'm not just going to kill you. I'm going to kill your daughter and your wife in such a way that you're likely to be witness to it. Mm. Now, the fact that this guy was thrown, the last guy was thrown out a window, or I mean, here's the thing: we could be saying that this is a murder, and by God, it smells like one. But at the moment, officially, these are all murder-suicides, mm. right? This is not, according to the law, the authorities, nothing to see here. But this is, again, the problem as we go back to the car bombing last week. And yet another person from Ukraine has been identified in this. Oh, so right? fascinating. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, the FSB do not work this quickly. No. They don't work this fast. But suddenly they've, they've got answers to all of these things very, very quickly. There's really like it's just a peppercorn rent kind of investigation and sweep it under but the But what's interesting because the Sergei who uh, like allegedly beat his wife and daughter and then hung himself, that happened in Spain. And so the Spanish authorities were the ones investigating. Okay. Having visited Spain. Yeah. Right, it's a, it's a, <laughs> I've been to Spain. Man, it's an awesome country. It's great. Uh, but... Uh, you know what? I think you could grease the wheels. And Probably. this is not – and anyone in the Spanish government who's listening to this, please don't take offence. <laughs> and feel free to get in contact with me and correct me via Twitter at Podcast. The whole thing with this is it's not hard to bribe someone. And if – I mean, you're dealing with people that have billions of dollars. Yep. And the person who's probably calling these shots has, a, you know, an order of magnitude more money. Literally, I can pay you enough to shut you up. Yep. Or – there's a window over there and I could throw you at it. So I think there is a there is a real case to be made that this is an incredible abuse of intelligence and police powers. So let me ask you this. Is this a sign of Putin losing it? Look, as we always say, you want to know how paranoid he is, look at the size of the furniture around him. Yep. And I truly believe that this guy would have a table a mile long when he meets anyone these because days. a lot of this stuff that is happening is very old school 
really old. Like, like we don't see this anymore. We we didn't see a lot of this during the Cold War. And this mm. is an interesting thing because when I was researching the episode that we were going to do, and I will do it, we will yeah. do this one. It was yep. about illegals and the way the Russians used illegals a lot during the Cold War. Right? Yep. It gave them access. It got them in. And, you know, you had these supposedly innocent people that couldn't be found. Well, the illegals program has then has really jumped up a scale yeah. in the last sort of ten years. Putin's really put a lot of invested a lot into it. Now, when you look at an illegal thing, and we'll get into the details of it, but you look at the Salisbury poisoning, the Novichok yes. poisoning in Britain, that was a highly illegal operation, but not only was it highly illegal, it was so ham fisted. It was messy as it was messy as. And when you look at the what they're doing with their illegal programs, like the one about the Peruvian jewellery salesman that we will talk about when we do the episode. Yeah. When you find out how she was exposed, it was so ham fisted. And it just has that feeling like the people in charge, and we know who we mean when we talk about yeah. that, they don't care. They're quite happy to go, no, nothing to do with us, despite the fact, and it, it comes down to that whole fake news sort of mentality that you get out of Trump, where Trump, you can, and Morrison was the same. You'd play the video of them saying that, and they go, no, I never said that. It's like, no, this is you saying it on mm. video. I never said that. So when you turn around to someone like Vladimir Putin and say, hey, you're killing people, you know, holus bolus around the planet, it'll yep. just go, no, I'm not. Prove it. And it's like, here's the proof. I don't trust that proof. Prove it. So it's that whole thing of just blanket denial just being a total obstruction, like the brick wall, and you just keep throwing your stuff at it and nothing happens. Yep. But I also believe that it's kind of getting into an endgame situation here. If he's killing this many oligarchs, if he's killing this many executives in his, like basically his economic structure, he's on a hiding to nothing. He can't keep killing them. No, at what point do the oligarchs kind of form a union and say, you know, oust him Yeah, well, themselves? All, exactly. But it all comes down to the intelligence services. And here's the thing. ASIO is about 2,500 people, mm. right? A signal structure at AST, they're about three, three and a half thousand. Military intelligence in Australia is quite large. You know, our, we have a sizable but not enormous intelligence community in Australia. Mm. Russia? There are estimates that it's up to 400,000 people. That's bigger than most standing armies, right? So if you've got an intelligence service that's that broad and that populated and you've got one guy controlling it, good luck getting him out of that seat. Good luck getting past the table. So I've got a theory. Yep. What if the murder of the – was Dugan, the daughter, yep. who was blown up? Yep. What if that was payback from the oligarchs because they're all – Now, that's a really interesting idea. Because they know that the father kind of has Vlad's ear and is kind of in control and pushing this whole Ukraine narrative. Exactly. Now, this becomes a tit-for-tat thing. Yes. And that gets really, really dangerous. But it would kind of make sense that they would try and, like, take someone close to him. Oh, most definitely, right? Mm. You know – you may not be touchable, but we can certainly touch the people close yes. to you. That's not a bad way of looking at it. The thing is, is it going to mollify it or is it going to strengthen his resolve to get anyone out of his way? I personally, when you look at Putin and his personality, and we've done an episode about him, the guy is Utterly ruthless. Yeah. Well, and, he's a narcissist. Well, he's not just a narcissist. He's a psychopath. Well, psychopath. That's what I was going to say. If you've ever, I don't know if anyone's ever read the psychopath test. No. It's no. A, there's actually a book. It's called the psychopath test. It's really, really fascinating. I, was I highly it was, recommend it. I was hoping it was one of those multiple. No, it is a things. test. It's there's an actual test to cool. test if you're a psychopath. Yeah. And lots of people basically he points to Trump to being a psychopath, mm. but like lots of businessmen, CEOs, and stuff would be 
be psychopaths. Oh, definitely. Right. Just by the just by the pure nouns of what they do. Well, it's the ruthlessness. Yes. Right? You've got to be ruthless to uh, – there is that thing, you've got to be ruthless to get ahead in business. And there are you, – you meet those executives. And this is a, the form of a psych- – you know, one of the yes. things about a psychopath, one of the, uh, the traits of a psychopath is when you meet them, mm. they're actually really nice people. And they're really nice people because you might have something they want. Yes, absolutely. So they're going to be incredibly generous and warm and loving. But as soon as you cross them, if you so much as – You're literally dead. You're dead meat. Yeah. So the Psychopath Test, highly recommended. Um, What's interesting about the book is there's a point where where the author goes, by now you're probably wondering if you're a psychopath. (laughs) And he goes, just by asking that question, you're not. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Funnily, look, funnily enough, you, you do go through life wondering about your, your personality and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And I was lucky enough to go through psychological testing while I was at ASIO. And I spent a bit of time with the psychologist because they were really nice to me because I was such a loser. Yeah, and they all confirmed what we know to be true. You're a fool. You're an idiot, bro. You are such a twit. Right, now, the, the interesting thing you was... You failed up. You really failed oh, up. Dude, you know what? The Peter Principle is... I am the living embodiment yeah. of the Peter Principle. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about ASIO, and this is with the psychological testing... Yeah. It was interesting. Uh, a little shout out to a friend I met on the ferry. Oh, I love that you're meeting friends on the ferry. Aren't you worried that people are stalking you? <laughs> Is that because on Instagram the only photos you put up are of the same ferry? Well, at least they know where to find yes. you. Yes. Right? Um, every day around about 5 o'clock. Good thing you're not an oligarch. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, the great thing is if they throw me out the window, I'm just going to land in the harbour and I can swim home. Yeah. Um, now, the whole thing is I met uh, Xavier, young Xavier, and the interesting thing about him was uh, my first thought was, oh, my God. Are you following me? Am I being tailed? But lovely bloke listens to the show, and I just wanted to shout out to him. But you know, he was—he sort of asked me about what it was like joining mm. an organisation. I sort of talked about the psychological testing. The thing about the psychological testing is they want ordinary, right? And he sort of said, "I, oh, I said, you know, if you had a weakness, what would it be?" And he sort of said, "You know, oh, I'd probably be—I'd probably find that I'm a bit manipulative." And I went, "Dude, in intelligence, that—that's what they want. Yeah, that is not that. a weakness. No, that is exactly what they want. They, yeah, they want, want people that. to be able to manipulate other people. That's exactly. the whole point of it. <laughs> yeah, they—they they want that ability to manipulate, but mm. they don't want it to be a psychopathology that is so caught up in itself that it doesn't see the downside. Yes, there is always a con to manipulating someone, and you know, there's pros and cons." about everything and the problem is if you're a psychopath in that organization in intelligence organization that can be really really dangerous because you'll be given certain powers that you can abuse now we have got an ex-intelligence officer who spent his early career manipulate like running foreign assets in east germany who then went on to be the president of the largest physical landmass country on the planet yeah with nuclear weapons a large standing if not well-trained well-armed or high morale army right this guy's got all the tools he needs Mm. to cause major mayhem on the planet and i think that's what we're seeing now like with the oligarchs and all of these people reaching their demise we're seeing this old school vladimir putin Killing people. Yeah, he's literally gone back to the old Cold War days yes. of, right, let's just whack him. If you get in my way, I'm just going to run you over. Yes. And this in and of itself, Ukraine would be burning his brain. And, you know, when you when a psychopath doesn't get their way, they get cranky and they do things. 100%. And he is not getting his way. So this is what I think. I think we're slowly seeing the decline of Putin. I think the Putin regime's, you know, its days are numbered. Yep. The problem is how much damage is going to be done yep. by that regime before it falls. And clearly, you know, ASIO and 
all foreign intelligence would be looking at this and keeping their eyes closely on it? There are two, there, there are three really big games in intelligence yep. on the planet right now. And like the Middle East, people have literally gone, oh, geez, Baghdad, that's terrible. But no one's really talking about it. It's a little bit like Iran. We just, it's like, it's such a huge and intractable problem that's just going on forever. That's because they're not white people. Yeah. So no, people only care about stories and people that look like them. Yeah. No, no that's literally the truth. Like yeah, I, when you talk about the news and like what gets run on news, because a lot of people always say to me, why don't you talk about what's happening in Pakistan or like Iran or Baghdad? Yeah. And I'm like, to be honest, and because, like, for example, Ukraine, we go crazy over Ukraine and they're like, why? And it's like, because they, they're people, white. yeah, they're <laughs> white. And like, no, but that is the sad, sad reality about news. I'm not oh, saying, totally. and I'm not saying that one thing is more important than the other. I do not think that at all. But that is why Baghdad and Iran and a lot of those places do not get spoken about. They don't about. get spoken about. Uh, Pakistan, the fact that literally uh, oh, Pakistan a, a glacier crazy. has yeah. collapsed and has flooded the country. Right. But the three big games at the moment. I mean, that was a side note. But anyway, yeah. yes. Ukraine. That's yes. a huge that, – that, yes. that's big because it's right on Europe's doorstep. And my God, what I also want to talk about when we do this illegals thing is just how active Russia is. Yeah. in the intelligence world in Europe. It's absolutely insane. It'd be crazy. The other thing that's really big is, of course, China and Taiwan. That's never going to go away, right? That's that's big game. But I feel like that's just a lot of stamping about and throwing toys around. Yeah, it's a lot of toys being thrown out of the, the carriage. Yeah. But you know what? If at one point one toy lands in the wrong place yes. and hurts the wrong person, then it's going to be a real mess. But the biggest, the biggest thing at the moment in intelligence is Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Because literally, not only has Mar-a-Lago had intelligence just sitting in boxes, and I mean, there was the photo that Trump of documents all over the floor, and Trump going, how dare they? It's like, dude, that's how you take an evidence photo. Shut up. I know. He was like, he wasn't upset that he was busted stealing documents. He wasn't upset that, you know, some of those documents were classified. What he was upset about was how messy the floor looked. You made it look, yeah, you made me look. (laughs) He was concerned with the perception that he might be called a slob a narcissistic sociopath <laughs> and psychopath yes. who's basically gone you've made me look bad because it looks messy it's not so crazy. you've made me look bad because i stole secrets and i've been found out <laughs> i've breached the espionage act but also the other thing that's really interesting is because of that i mean there are now rumors that if he's got it there he's got it at his kids place he's got it in trump tower oh, yeah. there's going to be of course and as i keep saying all it takes is a photocopier and Anyone can have yep, it. Yep. But the other thing is the number of people who have faked their way into Mar-a-Lago. There's one, I love this story about a girl who showed up saying, yes, I know I'm an one. heiress for the Sachs family. Yes. You know, the, and she has a photo of her and Trump. Yeah, photo of her and Trump on the golf course and all that. Turns out to be the daughter of an Illinois truck driver yeah. who just went, I reckon I can get in. And not only did she get in, she met the guy, right? So this is a downside of dealing with narcissists and sociopaths and yes. psychopaths. They can be incredibly, incredibly intelligent, manipulative and dangerous. But if you appeal to their ego in the right way, they can be incredibly stupid. Yes, absolutely. So I am more concerned, though, with where are the, the services looking now, the intelligence services? Like, I know you've, you've just kind of listed them, but surely Russia would be up there. Oh, further. totally. Right. And we've said before. And at what point do, do people jump in? Well, see, that's the interesting thing. For us. What if he was assassinated? If he was assassinated, well, then we've got to deal with the void, right? And that's it, you know. And sometimes that's worse. Yeah, nature abhors his vacuum. Saddam Hussein. It will be, well, that's the thing. Saddam Hussein went 
And that was also the way the Americans did it was wrong. They yeah. then turned around to everybody in the Ba'ath Party and went, you can no longer work in government. Yeah. Where when they did that in Nazi Germany, they went, were you a Nazi? Yeah, why? Well, dude, it was the only way I could hold my job. Yeah. Right, do you believe in it? No, the guy was a nut job. Great, yeah. fine, you can go back to work. Yeah. With, that, with the Ba'ath Party, they were very different. When if you're a Ba'athist, you're out. And they went, where did we leave all those guns? In that schoolroom. Like, yeah. Okay, let's go and start. Yeah. Let's go join ISIS. Right? So there is that issue. I think when it comes to Russia, no one's moved. Right, I think the Americans would certainly their cyber game would be high at the yeah. moment. There's a big worry that a lot of human assets that the CIA were running in Europe they're being, all gone. They've suddenly started dying. Yes, falling out of windows. Yes, maybe. right. All of these assets are being killed, and and again that refers back to Trump and possibly what he was holding at Mar-a-Lago. But I think what would be happening now is it would be all eyes on the game. Nobody move an inch until they've got a real clear path through this because this is a problem no one can predict where it's going to go next no and i think the only people who are moving are the oligarchs slowly backing away from russia going where do i go well literally it's like i can't go to my boat because that's been yeah been impounded Impounded. by whichever harbor it was sitting in. can't go to my spanish villa because apparently i like to chop my family up there (laughs) i'm gonna do some wood chopping honey right yeah and this is the thing though the fact that you've had four guys in the space of a couple of weeks die and their families die with them whether they did it themselves or whether literally those guys will be sitting there panicking like crazy Mm. because they don't know which way to turn. Now, in effect, that could be very handy for an intelligence organisation because you go, mate, you're on a hiding to nothing. We can get you out, but you need to do something first. That may work, but again, Putin's security is so paranoid now. Of course. The way he deals with anyone who comes within his sphere of influence is he just keeps them at 10 arms length. Yeah, he'd be incredibly paranoid. I'm sure he's got someone tasting his meals before he eats them. Oh, he'd have a poison taster for sure. (laughs) And look, to be perfectly honest, what a way to live. Uh, Like terrible. And for what? Like this grasp for power, like the Ukraine, for what? Like I think he just wanted to have one last ditch at securing his legacy. He always wanted to reunite Ukraine and Russia. That was was always No, but I feel like it was just this is his swan song and he just really wanted to go out. In a blaze of glory. Unfortunately, it's going to be a really – It's going to be a blaze. It's not so much a blaze as is this smouldering fire that just won't go out. Yeah, I don't think he expected Zelensky to be so stubborn. Well, when Zelensky is now turning around going, we're going to take the Donbass back, yeah. we're going to take Crimea back. I it's know. like, God, that, you know, can you put the red rag down for a minute and just, just everyone stop? Bottom line is this. A year ago, everyone was like going, okay, COVID, Christ, can we all settle down I now? Know. China be cool about Taiwan. And then this little touch paper in Europe was lit. And instead of it going like a firecracker, bang, it's done. This thing is smouldering and going. Mm. And like any firework that doesn't go boom, You don't want to go near it in case it does. And I think that is where we're at right now. I think Putin is incredibly unstable. Mentally, I think he must be like, I don't think he's sleeping. I think he's very unstable. And I think he is lashing out at anyone, anyone who crosses him. Yeah. By the way, look under your car before you get in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite stressed now. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to go above ground floor for a few weeks. Right. Bottom line is that it's become yet another bloody intractable problem on this planet. Yeah. Um, and the intelligence services, I am sure, are doing the classic hurry up and wait. Get as much information as you can. Yep. Don't act on anything until you have an absolutely rock-solid, clear idea of what the result will be. Yeah, well, I think what we're seeing in Russia is basically what we're seeing in America. It's imploding. Yeah. It's it's like they're all just eating themselves. I think, you know, capitalism, communism, all those isms. Guys, try nicism. 
try just being nice to each other for a change. <laughs> yeah, I know the isms. They're not really working out well. They're not are really. They? Like capitalism's eating itself. Communism ate itself. And, you know, authoritarianism, that's not really working either. So I think we all need to have a good hard look at ourselves in the mirror and just go, oh, what do you really want? And I know what I really want. I want to go for another ferry ride. That's weird. That's weird.